Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to open mine to, I want to get this right, but I think I'll go to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. And I want to read quickly a verse, verse 3. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you will do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests will blow the trumpets. And it came to pass when they made a long blast on the ram's horns, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall flat down, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. I want to talk about this story, but it may take me a few minutes to... I have to be careful with what I do with my Bible. It's so funny. My mother raised me that if we drop the Bible... By accident, we had to pick it up and kiss it. If we ever put something on top of the Bible, a glass of tea or anything like that, she would come and say, that is the Word of God. And and to this moment, to this day, I didn't plan that, but I knew, be careful how you set that Bible down. I could hear my mother. She's 85 right now. I could hear her warning me that, that you treat God's Word with honor and respect. Amen? So I want to talk to you for a few moments. Listen, I'm going to give you a story. I've got a friend. I've met him, been with him several times. His name is Mark Batterton. He wrote an amazing book that starts out with this story that I'm going to share today. It is not in the Bible, the story that I'm sharing, but it is taught in synagogues and Jewish synagogues to this day. You can raise this name and they will be very familiar with it. It is a historical fact that this happened. It's in writings such as Josephus, the Jewish historian. All kinds of people documented what I'm about to share with you. It was the first century B.C., meaning that it was the generation just before Jesus Christ would show up and be born in Bethlehem. And there was a devastating drought that threatened to destroy the entire generation. All of the Jewish prophets had died out. There were none left except one, an old sage by the name of Honi, H-O-N-I. His name was Honi. And he was known for his ability to pray and get miraculous answers to prayer. In desperation, the famine had grown so bad that they went to this last old man, old sage, He was outside the gates of Jerusalem, and they said, Would you pray, or we could die as a nation. The crops are destroyed. The people are thirsting to death. We have not had rain in so long. And he grabbed his six-foot staff, a rod that he carried and leaned on, a shepherd's staff, and he did something strange. He started in the sand... And he started like a math compass, drawing a complete circle, 60 degrees, 90 degrees, 180, 360 degrees, all the way around a complete circle. And then 
being in the middle of that circle, he dropped to his knees, and by then hundreds and even thousands of people were gathering to watch the old prophet. He dropped to his knees in that dry sand, and he raised his voice with great authority, and he said these words, I swear before your great name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children, O God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those words sent a shudder down the spine of all who heard. As his prayer ascended to heaven, miraculously, the audible grasp of thousands of people could be heard as they as they looked up because drops of rain began to parachute from the sky and drop on their heads. Every head was looking upward except for one. Honey was still on his knees in the middle of the circle and he raised his voice above the voices of the awes and the amazed crowd only to pray a second time. He said these words, Not for such a rain have I prayed, but for the rain that will fill every valley, cistern, and cavern in Israel. And no sooner did this man pray this prayer, history records, that the sprinkle turned into a torrential outpouring, downpouring, gully-washing rain. No raindrop was smaller than the size of an egg, if you can imagine. The people were so afraid of a flash flood that they ran to the temple mound to get in a high, secure place. But Honey stayed in his prayer circle. And then he prayed one last time, Not for such a rain have I prayed, but for the rain of your favor, blessing, and graciousness. Suddenly, like someone turned the volume or turned the, 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 the... Spigot down on a faucet. A calm, steady, beautiful rain began to pour and soak the ground until the whole land was filled with rain for days and days. It's recorded in history and taught in synagogues to this day to be the prayer that saved a generation. He is deemed one of the most significant prayer warriors in the history of Israel because he drew a circle in the sand and he prayed in that sand that with the circle around him symbolic of saying, I will not leave this circle until heaven hears my cry and spares the people. This story teaches us a powerful thing about prayer. That bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. God does not enjoy just hearing us pray safe prayers, regular prayers, even weak prayers. But when we ask God to part the Red Sea, when we ask God to let the axe head float, When we ask ask God to, like Joshua did, son, stand still. He loves bold prayers. And bold prayers prayed by his people 
honor God and God honors bold prayers. Prayers are prophecies of your future. If you're not praying about your future, then it's all up to luck and happen chance. But when you begin to pray about your future, pray about tomorrow, pray about next week, pray about your children, pray about your family, your marriage, your business. When you pray about it, prayers become prophecies of your future. Lord, it's tough right now. It's all right to be honest. Lord, it's tough right now, but I know that you are able. You just prophesied. And I know that you are mighty. And I know that you are enough. And I know you will deliver us. You just prophesied to your future. God, I thank you today that you are my healer. And you are my helper. And you are my, my, my God. And you know what I have need of. When you pray your faith, not your fear, you prophesy to your future. You have to get up out of the mud And say, I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. I put him in this circle. And I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I commit unto him. You need to draw prayer circles. And put your family in it. Spiritually this morning, I pray in the spirit world that there are prayer circles that are going to be drawn in a few minutes when I'm done with this message. And that every fear and every worry and every concern would be dumped into that prayer circle and we fall on our knees and throw our hands up and say, God, I put my son, I put my wife, I put my daughter, I put my financial need, I put my health need, I put it all in that circle of prayer and I will not not give up until I because that's a bold prayer. I will not give up until I see your faithfulness. God, I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of being defeated. I put it in the prayer circle and watch God feel empty the prayer circle of everybody who's not supposed to be in your life and put the right people in it. Hallelujah. Give God a praise. Whoop, I just felt my little help. I'll try to keep it calm because I know you brought your friend. All right. Draw a circle around this city. Draw a circle around this community. I love that we're outside and I love right in the middle of this tabernacle is a big old cross going up through it. And we are absolutely circle makers. We're drawing circles and saying hell can't have our city. Hell can't have California. Hell can't have America. Hell can't have your marriage. Hell can't have your children. They were born for greater things. You were born to win. You were born to overcome. You were born to be victorious. And I'm I'm putting you in my prayer circle this morning. Everybody take a praise break. And if you don't know what that is, just look and listen. Come on, everybody. Give me one on every row. Give me one on every row. Give me one on every row. Fill that circle with prayer and praise and hell backs up. Glory. You have to keep drawing that circle. Refuse to take no for an answer. What I loved about the story of Honey is he didn't just pray it. And most of us, if we'd have got one raindrop, we'd have wrote a book about it and everything. But I like that when it wasn't doing exactly like it, if it's a little, little too less or a little too much, he said, that's not what I prayed for. 
You ought to look at that crazy son or that crazy situation and say, that's not what I prayed for. God likes bold prayers. He He can do it right just as easy as he can just do a little bit. God told Israel, he said, uh, he said, I want you to understand that I want you to circle the city of Jericho. I want you to understand that when you start circling your problems in prayer, when you pray, you are predicting your future. You're prophesying when you pray. The transcript of your prayers will become the script of your future. What are you praying? If you ask, you have not because you ask not. If you're not praying as a couple, if you're not praying as a family, if you're not praying as an individual, how can God, you're writing the transcript for your future when you pray. So pray. Well, I don't know. Talk to God just like you talk to your best friend. God, I'm scared today. I've got, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and I'm really nervous. Maybe you're, maybe you're facing something this week, and it just makes you tremble. It makes your heart tremble. It makes your heart tremble. Oh, I feel the Lord right now. Pray about it. Draw a prayer circle spiritually. And put that situation in that prayer circle and refuse. Don't pray your fears, pray your faith. He told people who had been in the wilderness for 40 years. When we read the story, we forget that all the old people died out. And there, were, there was a generation that was born in the desert. And they were now 40 years old. The whole older generation had died and been buried in the wilderness. And now people who had never been to the city, never seen a city, never seen a store, never seen a house, never seen a town. They had lived in the desert for 40 years. They were 40 years old and two and a half million people had never seen even what a city was. And the first city they encounter that God said, that is your promised land, take that city. It was the city of Jericho. And the Bible said that the walls were so high, 60 feet high, that they would race chariots so thick that they could race chariots around those 60 feet high, 60 foot high um, uh, walls. And you've never seen a city and you've never seen walls And now they're looking up at those walls of resistance saying, you cannot have what God has said you would have. You cannot be what God said you would be. You cannot inherit what God said you can receive. It's not going to happen. The walls of Jericho were walls of resistance. And God said, I want you to do something, Joshua. You order the children of Israel to march around those walls of resistance. And for six days, I want you to draw circles. And all that I want you to do is march around those walls of resistance for six days, one time a day. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. 
And in doing so, those 13 laps, one time a day for six days, and then seven times on the seventh day. And when the seventh circle is completed, every wall of resistance, when the trumpet blasts, the people are to raise their voice and shout with a great shout. And the walls of resistance will fall flat at the shout of my people because they're, they're drawing circles of praise and prayer. Praise and prayer. Praise and prayer. I don't know what you think is strong as a resistance. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's some situation that you're facing on the job. But I dare you over the next seven days to start this morning drawing a prayer circle around that person or that thing or that place or that home or that situation and refuse to come out of that circle for seven days. Meaning, I will pray about it and I will praise about it every time I think about it. Now watch this. And the Bible said that when they drew a circle around the city and filled it with prayer and praise, refused to take no for an answer, but kept drawing circles, I'm telling you, this sounds so silly, but sometimes in order to get the miraculous, you have to do the ridiculous. And sometimes when there's nothing but trouble in your home, you ought to get outside and walk around your home and surround it with prayer. Because here's what I want you to see. The Bible teaches that when you circle, when you draw circles of prayer, God draws circles with angels. Prove it. Psalms 32. You know what Psalms 32 says? It says, and I love this verse, it says that he surrounds us with songs of deliverance. God draws circles with angels. And when you draw circles of prayer and put people and situations in it and drop to your knees spiritually and cry out and come in covenant with God's word about that situation, God says, I watch and when you draw circles, I draw circles only. I draw circles with fighting angels. And they surround you and sing while you sleep. You are, you are under surveillance. And more importantly, they are under angelic Holy Spirit surveillance. And he surrounds them with songs of deliverance. The angels start singing from heaven while you sleep. I'm going to deliver you. I know you think you're going to be snorting that up your nose the rest of your life, but your granny put a prayer circle target on you. And you're going to end up at Free Chapel on a Sunday morning. And there's going to be a crazy guy with a funny accent from the South. No, they sing songs of deliverance. And it's going to hit you. And it's going to mess you up. Pastor, you've lost your mind. No, I haven't. This is how God does it. The Bible said in Psalms 34 and verse 7 that the angels of the Lord encamp round about. That means they circle those that fear God. 
God has already surrounded you because I prayed circles around you. I went and walked yesterday and I prayed circles around everybody that would come under the tent and even all of you on the outskirts. Amen. Now watch this. With this ring, I'm holding, if you can't see all the way in the back, I'm holding my wedding ring. Sharice is on the front row and she has one that I gave her and she gave me this one. With this ring, which is a circle, I thee wed. The ring is a token of undying love and unending commitment. It has no beginning, it has no end, it never stops, it just keeps going and enduring and enduring and enduring. When I marry people, I usually get to the part in the ceremony called the exchange of the rings, and I will say things like this, forsaking all others, do you promise to love and cherish so and so as long as you both shall live? And they will say, I do. And then I'll say to him, and to her at some point in the ceremony, and that's the only kind I marry. And that's the only kind that I'm not mad. Don't don't that's not that's not that's not being mean. That's preaching love and the truth. This is a sacred thing. This is a holy thing. This is a godly thing. This is God's character. He said the marriage of a man and a woman is likened unto the relationship of Christ and the church. That cannot be in any way disregarded or rewritten. He made them male and female. I'm not mad. I'm preaching the truth and I won't apologize for it because the truth is the truth. I believe in freedom. I believe everybody has a right to live any way they want. And I would, be, I would fight for somebody who's being bullied by somebody. But I also must stand on the truth of God's holy Bible and tell you that only, it's possible to be in a marriage that's recognized on earth but ignored in heaven. That's God's word. Well, now that I've offended a lot of people, I'll continue. I'm not a smart aleck. I preach this in love. But listen, I get to that point, forsaking all others. Do you promise to love, cherish as long as you both shall live? And they say, we do. And then I say, you can place the ring on her finger. This day you stepped into the sacred circle of marriage. A ring is a symbol of a marriage covenant. A ring is a circle. It has no beginning, no ending. It's endless love. The circle represents a bold statement and declaration of marriage. It's an emblem of permanence. Everybody say permanence. The ring is made from precious metal, purified by the heat of a furnace. That's the only way a marriage can be endless is it has to go through the fire. The center is empty. The center of the circle is empty and it represents the door to the unknown. And when you enter into marriage, you enter into the door of the unknown. You don't know what 
is going to come. You don't know what is going to happen. And that's why you say the words for richer or for poor. In sickness and in health. As long as we both shall live. I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. I don't know what's going to come a year from now, five years from now. We, we have been married 33 years and, and we had many things unknown that we didn't see. But the thing that kept us together was not just love, it was commitment. Because if you have commitment, then the love will be there. Let, let me teach you something. Let me teach you something real fast. I'm going to preach just a few more minutes. But you know, the symbol of love is a heart. Everybody draw a heart. Start right here. A heart starts like this, and then it goes, right? And then it goes out, and then you come down, and you draw a heart. Y'all know what a heart is. There you go. So this is how marriage starts. I love you, honey. I love you. Mm-mm. Oh, I love you. Oh, oh, I love you. And then something happens, and uh, I don't love you as much as I used to. You're getting on my nerves. And it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. And then somebody has to get humble and say, you know, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry too. Yeah. You know, we got a little carried away. And then you come back and, mm, and then something else comes, something else comes. And then there goes, this is what real marriage is. I know you thought real marriage was just like on TV and happily ever after. What a lie. No, it's, mm, and then it's, oh, I can't stand you. And I'm turning, I'm sleeping. I'll sleep with the wall. I'm not sleeping with you. But, but then somebody turns the curve and you come back. Welcome to real marriage. I'm almost done. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you know that to this day, a Jewish marriage, which is the kind that Jesus would have been familiar with, the kind he performed his first miracle at, was a, was a wedding of Cana. Isn't that interesting? Performed the first miracle, turned water into wine, at a marriage, that was where he said, I know where they're going to need the help the most. <laughs> so I'm going to just start it right there. Now watch this, and I'm almost done. I'll, I'll conclude with this. In a Jewish marriage, they have something called the, uh, the hoopah, H-U-P-P-A-H. It's a little tent that they put out and they perform the ceremony under. When the, when the, when the uh, bridal procession comes in and they're all in place, the groom is there, the rabbi is there, there's this little tent. And then the bride comes in. This is to this day. Every, every Jewish wedding, you'll see this happen. And what will happen is the bride will come down, but she will not go stand by the groom. She will walk in circles around that t- little tent three times. And then she will stop, and when she stops, the groom will walk three times around it, and then after he's done it three times, and she's walked circles three times, they join hands, and as a couple, they walk around one more time, meaning seven. Seven is the number of creation, and they're saying, just as God created the earth in seven days, we are creating under God a, a new family in the earth. And we're doing it by walking in circles seven times. 
And what God puts together, let no man put asunder. I want to say to you today that as great of attack as we have on the home, the family, the marriage, and the individual, there is nothing hell has that can compare to what I'm preaching this morning when we begin to draw prayer circles around our families and our lives. I'll give you two quick illustrations and I'm done. Number one. I preached this sermon about, it was Valentine's Day uh, this year in, in Georgia. And watching online, there was a woman in North Carolina and her husband. And at the end of the service, live as, the, as they were watching it, and we were having service in Georgia, I told husbands and wives to join hands and form a circle. Join both hands And form a circle between you. And I said, if any two of you will agree and touch and make a prayer circle for your family and put every one of your children, name them and put them in that circle, your grandchildren. And we started doing that in Georgia and there were thousands of people there that day. And they reached over and grabbed hands and I even saw one down on the front row. I didn't tell them to do this, but there happened to be a couple sitting down on the front row. Sharice, it was Chad and, 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 uh, and his wife, and they had one of their teenage daughters. And bless her heart, she just picked the wrong service to sit with her mother and father because they didn't even ask her. They put their arms and locked her in the middle, and she's just standing there. Like, but it was the most powerful thing because the Spirit of God started touching that beautiful girl, and she just started weeping. She just started weeping. But listen to this. There's a, there's a woman in North Carolina watching this live. And she gets so moved because the Spirit of the Lord really, when we started praying, the Spirit of the Lord really started moving powerfully. It was just unreal. And, and she got so moved that she turned to her husband there in her home and she said, let's do it. And they joined hands and they had a son that they had not seen. Listen to this. I... My, one of my pastors, Dwayne Welburn, called me that week and he said, you've got to hear this testimony. This is why I know about it. You've got to hear this. They had not heard from their son for 13 years. She had not had a phone call, an email, a letter. She had tried and tried and tried and tried and he never would respond, wouldn't answer, wouldn't have anything to do with them for 13 years. And she said, that day we put my son in the circle and we prayed on Sunday and Monday. We prayed and Tuesday we put our hands together. We prayed. We put him in the prayer circle. And on Wednesday, they get a phone call. And guess who it was? The son that they had not heard from in 13 years said, I'm coming home, mama. I'm coming home. I preach this, and and one of our pastors, this is the end, they can come to the music. That gives people great hope. Come. Listen to this. One of our pastors heard me preach this, and God quickened his heart. Now let me tell you what had happened. Earlier in the year, this year, we had received 
word that there was a building that was available in downtown Atlanta. We have a campus in downtown Atlanta, but we rent a theater. And this SCAD school, SCAD, whatever that stands for, they have a property there, and they were going to release it and get rid of it. And so uh, they contacted us and let us know that it was for sale, our real estate person, and they called us and said, hey, this is an amazing thing. It's parking. It's a building. It's perfect. It's got a small auditorium, a large auditorium. To me, that's children's church and adult church and all of that's beautiful and all this. Perfect location. One of the busiest places in Atlanta, downtown, unbelievable, could not believe, you know, the opportunity. You couldn't build it for $25, $30 million. You really couldn't. And so we negotiated. We got a good price on it. We felt great about it. In the middle of a pandemic, we put a contract on it. Everything seemed great. But then they backed out and said, no, we've got another offer. They took the other offer, kind of left bad taste in our mouths, you know, how you feel about things. And we just backed off and I said, well, just forget it. But that pastor heard me preach this message and something in his spirit said, it ain't over. Go down there and start marching around that building. Now, it's already under contract, a big builder. It's going to build skyscrapers and all this, tear the whole theater down and build skyscrapers. There's three other ones around it. And somehow it didn't pass code or whatever. He goes every day with a group and they start circling that building for seven days and saying, Lord, we claim this building. We claim this building. I didn't even know. He didn't even ask my permission. He he, he could care less. He just went out there and started with a group just praying, God, give us a home, a permanent home in downtown Atlanta. We got a call a few weeks ago. And they said, "Um, is your offer, do you still want the building? And I said, I don't want it as bad as I did. <laughs> y'all, y'all know how that goes. It's time to negotiate. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we offered them several hundred thousand dollars under what we did the, the first time. Now, make a long story short, we got the building because somebody put a prayer circle on it, put a hit job on it. There's going to be souls saved every Sunday. We're going to move in it in a few months. It's ready to go. Downtown Atlanta. How about you? What are you worried about? What are you upset about? What are you full of anxiety about? Why don't you make a prayer circle this morning and for the next seven days say, God, instead of worrying, instead of stressing, I'm going to get in agreement with somebody. We're going to form a prayer circle in this family and we're going to see God move in this situation because God honors bold prayers. Shout amen, somebody. Stand to your feet all over the place. Throw up your hands if you feel comfortable. And just lift those hands high and say, Lord, I'm drawing a prayer circle. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.